0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of Pat's Chat. Today with me, Mark Chua, the founder of Ultron Malaysia Sports Apparel Brand. A very interesting person I recently uh, had the honor to meet with. Uh, Thank you very much, Mark, for making the time and chatting with me today.
1: Good morning, Patrick. The pleasure is mine.
0: Okay, awesome. Uh, Mark, first of all, uh, let me know who, who are you? You're a proud Malaysian. This I know. Where did you grow up?
1: Well, very, very much so, proud Malaysian is something that I have been speaking and sharing with people a lot, especially when, when I was back in the Outron business for the past six, seven years. But okay, I, I was basically born in Johor, a small town in Johor named Batu Pahat, And I was raised mm-hmm. there um, up to when I turned 18 years old. Then I moved out to, to, to KL and pursued my tertiary studies. So and I have lived here for almost for the next twenty years since.
0: Twenty years, yeah. Your background, yeah, what yeah. is your your parents uh, were doing? In, in Johor nearby Singapore. What what is what was the business of your parents?
1: They they were also in the apparel trading business. In fact, so that sort of so their background and experience in the business has sort of set a benchmark for me to follow suit to to pursue back in the same industry.
0: I understand. That that answers a bit the question like where is the Paris interest coming from? Uh, But first before you moved into business you were studying in uh, in UK, if that's correct?
1: No, in fact I would say back then, because of the financial constraint of my family, so I I was I didn't get a chance to actually go to UK and and to do my tertiary studies. So, and at that point of time in, in Malaysia, it was very popular for a lot of local colleges to offer a twinning program with universities in UK, Australia. But then you were able to complete your your degree or even up to your master's program completely right here in Malaysia, and which, which was what I did.
0: I see i understand okay yeah. did uh, you did a bachelor in uh yeah until 2005 and then uh, soon after that uh, founded. Or, yeah <laughs> correct yeah I moved into your first company uh max textile uh, corporation uh where, you, right? where you were um, uh, six years and uh, again compared to the sports apparently coming later this was more about fashion well, can you can you give us a bit more details about that company how how you founded that?
1: Sure. I will share a little bit about the the background first of how I got into the the industry. The interesting thing was at that point of time when I was pursuing my degree, so that was, I would say, at the very early stage of the the boom of the IT industry in Malaysia. I could still remember I I did uh, my final degree project on a mobile web-based system on WAP, if you remember what it is. <laughs> so so that, that was a long, long time ago. So, but what, what happened was when I was uh, pursuing my degree, I was also very actively involved in NGO Lions Club, especially Lions Club, I would say. So, um, and with my, my, my background and my parents' network in apparel trading back in Johor, so I became that key person within all my NGO connections where everyone could, could sort of rely on me to procure apparels and t-shirts from. So I became that, that person that everybody started placing their, their, their t-shirt order with, be it for the club <laughs> or for their, their own companies and businesses as well. So, so as soon as I graduated, um, at that point of time, it wasn't easy as well to get a job in the IT industry so, so in order to survive I sort of had to I, I sort of did a lot of part-time jobs on the site. but then a close friend of mine from Lions Club just came by and asked me hey, well since, since you are so, so experienced in this uh, apparel sourcing and trading network and you have been supplying to so many of us within the, the Lions Club community, why don't you try to like, start a small?" trading enterprise of your own and somehow turn it into, into a business. And that was what I did. And so, so I started that as a trading, as a sole proprietor enterprise for about two, three years merely adding, uh, acting as a tra- trading company. It was more like a one-man show, two-man show sort of thing. So I was uh, basically just trading and supplying apparels and t-shirts to all my contacts around me. There wasn't proper branding. There was wasn't proper office even. So it was just I, I was just acting more like a supplier.
0: Interesting. So then, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so you both you both the brands and the clothes basically, and you were uh, like uh, trading. You mean like reselling among your um, yes, network? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Basically, most of those uh, almost all of those I would say were generic or white label brands. So be, be, so basically it was just. Custom design orders as per corporate requirement or on my client's requirement. Simple as that. So basically mm-hmm. they, they come out with sort of the design, the qu- the quantity, what sort of specifications they were looking at. I became the supplier to provide the solution for them to help them to source. Okay. Right. So then yeah. so yeah. yeah. So I was doing doing that on a sole proprietorship for about three years. Then uh so that was when the, the business started to pick up a little bit. So in 22 two thousand eight, I decided to start my first company, which was Max Textile, as you as you mentioned early, earlier. So that was basically riding on a similar model, but bigger scale. I sort of had a team. I had a team of about five, six. Models. Then uh we had our, our our office and showroom in Puchong. So um and that, that was a more proper business in some sense. So instead of a one-man show, show sort of thing. So um, then, then I... So, but the business model was pretty much the same. The business model was pretty much... I was still doing what I was doing for the past. I was still serving the same client base. I was still just providing the same apparel sourcing solutions and suppliers as such. So... Um, so in that sense, because I have been doing the same thing and it was such a crowded space, it was a very, very competitive industry per se where, where, where the only way every company could compete among each other was to go into price war. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. yeah, I was able to, to grow my business to some extent, but there, there was never any sort of exponential growth. So, mm-hmm. uh, but being in the apparel in, industry my whole life, so I sort of, at that point of time, well, and I was young, young back then, I was in my mid 20s So I had this this big dream that since I have been the in in the apparel and textile business for so long, I had this dream of wanting to create a brand of my own. Mm-hmm. So uh well, it could be fashion, it could, could be sports, it could be, be the lifestyle, but I just wanted to one day to ultimately have a brand, have a label of my own that I could See my cl- client that I could tell people and proudly tell them, you know, this is my brand. This is my collection. So this is what I take pride of, which was something that I didn't have back then. So, yeah.
0: Uh, I yeah see. So, but- I. Sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah. I interrupted. Yeah. yeah, sure, yeah. Sure. So, so yeah, yeah. that was uh, I. I can see already the vision that you had, the idea that you had, and I think like the the years around fourteen, fifteen uh, became now very, very interesting. Um, you you um, uh, completed an MBA program for this one. I know uh, this was an online one, even though it was the University of Southern Queensland. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you completed the MBA. I, I know you got uh, uh, a larger family. You got some kids also. So, um, yeah. but, but what was like the um, the point where you where you put an end basically to the to the fashion apparel company? What what was it? Was it really like they said? Okay, now I want to start my own brand, uh, going to sports, or, or what was the um, the idea behind that?
1: In fact, it was after a couple of years when I was in the trading business with Max, Max Dexter, so, um, as I said, the, the business was was growing slowly. I was doing okay, but I was stuck in a circle. I was stuck in a cycle where I wasn't very pleased with where the business was growing and where I was growing as a person. So, um, so then by chance, I happened to, to, and at that point in time, because the business was self-sustaining on its own, So I didn't have any sort of bank loans or anything Mm -hmm. so but by chance I happened to get to know a couple of friends who are in the banking industry who sort of gave me some consultancy so so by looking at the, the performance of my company back then they say although it wasn't big but it has been healthy to some extent so they so they suggested to me if I was interested they could have worked with me to help me to get some bank financing support from the bank, which I could use the money to, to venture or invest into a new project or a new business if I want to, or to somehow grow the, the business from what it was. So uh, so yeah, and I did. So that sort of gave me the spark and the fire in me at that point of time. So that, and, and I did, went ahead with, the application and I received the, the loan. I, I received a big chunk of cash at that point of time, so I, w- I was having so so much hope and ambition that I just wanted to jump into retail fashion at that point of time. And I did. I created my first brand that's called the, the name of the brand was called Free, Free Stuff. I even went on to B, BFM okay, promoting yeah. about it. So I, I, I joined Trade, trade Fair. So, and then we we managed to open two boutiques of our own in, in aeons and we also had a few uh re- retail pop-up store in the departmental store particularly with Tangs, void fashion but uh the reality is i knew nothing about the retail fashion industry i basically i took whatever cash that i had from loan and i jumped into it i took hmm. the leap of fate, what they call, and yeah. I just jump into it. And uh, within six months, I, I, I was...
0: You burned I all the stuck. money.
1: <laughs> I burned almost 60% of it. Oh wow, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, w- within six months or less. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I have a lot of commitment, I have a lot of thought, I have a lot of liability, engaged, with with a couple of malls and I have a whole tons of mess with, with me. So and 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 I was literally stuck at the point that I didn't know what to do. And that was and to make the matter even more stressful, so that was when uh I had my first child. So that that was back in 20, 2015, early 2015, just about six years ago. And that was the same time where
0: I had my first child as well. Wow, a lot of things coming together. Oh, yeah, 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 it was crazy.
1: (laughs) So, then, but I think it was also that immense pressure to some extent Mm -hmm. that I I believe that for anyone, especially in business, it is when the time where you are pushed to your limit, then you sort of been forced to bounce back. Mm -hmm. You... Had to tell yourself that you got to buckle up and do something about it if not there's no turning back and that was what i did the first time and uh and i had to quickly wrap up all my pop-up store and and both of my boutiques with freestyle and within two months i had to try to re- resolve all the issues that i had with whatever commitment and liabilities that i had and to make a full use of whatever remaining cash that I have with me at that point of time to move on and hopefully to make something new mm-hmm. okay. which time uh, which I'm very glad to, to share today that
0: I somehow did so yeah, and, uh, you absolutely uh, did we, We're coming yeah. to that in a moment um, yeah I was last time we met, I was wondering like where were your passion for? Uh, especially that sports apparel came from and uh, also the, the passion for running. You told me that you, you were at that time like over 100 kg. Uh, have you, uh, you lost like around 25 within like few months also, mostly due to running, right? Can, can you share like that story with us? Because I, I think that's, that's really awesome and quite impressive also.
1: Well, my friends used to call me a balloon. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have been a fat, fat boy almost <laughs> my entire life. Since high school, since I was in college, I've always been in the range of 80-something kilo. Right. Then And then, of course, when I first started working, I first getting into business. So then, like most youngsters, then I had also been through this stage where, especially at that era, you see, I, I thought I was under the, the impression that you, you need to go out and network with people a lot. You, you need to go out and eat and drink with people a lot in order to make connections, in order which is supposedly good for business. But then yeah. after a couple of years, I some, somehow realized the only thing that it was good for was, was me gaining weight. <laughs> yeah, so, um, by, so, uh, so so I started gaining weight more and more when I was in my late 20s and up to Up to somehow about eight years ago in 2013 at my peak, I was about 96 kilos. Yeah, I was huge. It was uh yeah, so then I could show you some pictures later on from my (laughs) from those days. Okay, so um then I then it came to a point where I I I was going through so much at work as well. So I thought I need to start doing something with myself, not only in terms of career, but I just need to, I just had to buckle up my life altogether. So I started running. So I started run, running and it so happened at that point in time I had customers who were in, running their own running groups. So where, where they, they sort of asked me, they sort of invited me to join their running groups and clubs and to run with them together. And I started with 5K. And I just start, started running 5K, 10K with them. And of course I controlled my diet as well. Very, very tough, hardcore. And um, within about six, seven months, I lost twenty five, and eventually up to about thirty, 30 kilos to about sixty five. So, but wow. in the subsequent few years, then I grew back up a little. Then I lost back, I grew back. So, yeah, the past couple of years have so, but has more in the
0: like, more in the healthier range, let's say, right? Not uh...
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to, <laughs> to 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 discipline myself as much as wow. I can.
0: Awesome yeah. that's cool. I, I really like that. that's that's fantastic. Uh, so we see the passion for running, where it comes from and how it helped you. And as you mentioned uh, just before uh, 2015 you founded um, Ultron, uh, which uh, does not come from the Avengers, but uh, the background was more like the ultramarathon that wheres the, the name is coming from. Um, you wanted to have like a Malaysian sports apparel, production, uh, brand, uh, and uh, we all know uh, today that story has become a a really incredible, successful one, Uh, more than uh, 3000 major events you calibrated with. um, You had more than, I read that somewhere, four million pieces of shirts uh, sold um, in uh, 12 countries, so far beyond uh, Malaysia throughout uh, Southeast Asia. when, when you start, did you, like, you had that vision, but was that, like, something that you could even imagine that you can become, like, that big, that successful at that point in time?
1: Absolutely not. Um, well, to be brutally honest with you now, uh, like, connecting back to what I was sharing just now, so it all happened by chance and coincidence to some extent. Back in early 20, 2015, like, like I said, I was I was wrapping out the fashion retail business. So I was sort of in desperate needs to get into something new, to go get into a new business, a new arena, which to some extent I'm I'm still familiar and experienced in, but possibly a new market. And so happened that was also the time that I just managed to lose weight successfully and I, I was hanging out with with a few bunch of running friends. So, so I, I, was, I just got myself very active in running as a sports myself. So, um, and I started to get exposed to the local grassroots running community where, where a lot of them are doing small running events or races of their own. And knowing that I was in the business, they also play some order with me on a very small bulk. But I started to see... See, because with, with my years of experience in apparel and textile, I realized that in order for us to succeed here locally, we have to, especially for my strength, which was in, in procurement and production from Malaysia itself, in, instead of, of sourcing from China or sourcing from Bangladesh, which uh, was the fastest growing industries in the world. So I knew that I had to shift my business focus into something where local manufacturing production has a strength, mm-hmm. which so happened that sort of fits very well with, with the rising sport industry. So I did a couple of months of research and I, in fact, I did a bit of, of re- research that was at the same time, which I used for my assignments in my MBA as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, on the sports industry in Malaysia, so and, 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 and specifically on the sportswear industry in Malaysia, where I find that even at that point of time, there were hardly any homegrown, there, there were almost no homegrown sportswear brand in Malaysia at all that have somehow taken off. Well, uh, and, and though I, I have not been an active athlete my whole life, but I have been, a, I have been an active spectator for sports watching football, uh, like, like most of us guys, you know. Um, and one main thing that I realized at that point of time was for a lot of countries out there around the world, especially those countries where they have very successful national athletes and they are active in sports, they usually have a very successful homegrown sportswear brand of their own, where their national athletes or even their respective people in that country itself, would wear those sportswear products with pride. Where, where they, they will use their, the, those products and speaks proudly about it, saying that this is our homegrown brand. And that was something that at that point of time that I felt we didn't have that mm-hmm. in Malaysia. For example, in, you, you are from Euro, Europe, I'm sure you are well aware of you know, brands like, like Lotto and Kappa from Italy. Umbro from UK, which at one point of, of time, um, the entire Premier League was wearing Umbro. So uh, uh, then brands are even in China, China, Anta and Leaning were, were, were huge. Mm-hmm. Even in Thailand, our na- neighboring country, the 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 biggest sportswear company in, in Thailand and is a homegrown one that's called FBT. So okay. so yeah. so looking at all of these example and I done. Some I done extensive research on the rise of the sports industry and the rise of nationalism in Malaysia at that point in the time. So I thought perhaps it was high time where we could actually create a homegrown Malaysia sportswear brand that would would target that would to some extent carry the identity of Malaysia and reflect our national spirit, lifestyle, and custom as well. So so that was that was what I what I just did, I came out with the brand, Outron, which Altron was in fact named after the uh, a short form for the word ultra marathon. So, if you are familiar with running, there are, there are several different categories with running according to its, to its distance from the 510km fun run. A 21km is called a half marathon, and the 42km is called a full marathon. So, anything above 42km is considered as an ultra marathon. So at that point in time, I thought I wanted a name that um, that's, that carries the strength, that, that carries the, the determination and tenacity that not, not only any athletes will require, but any business person would need to instill in their ev- everyday life as well. So I w- went with the word marathon, so I shortened it into Ultron. So um yeah. And... I sort of took a mm-hmm. r- rental liability that I had previously engaged with, with New Sen- Central, New, Sen- New Central, which is the mall that is uh, linked to KL Central. Mm-hmm. So I, I, pre- I, pre- I actually, at that point of time, had a re- rent commitment with them for the previous brand, but I didn't materialize it because I, I, I was really folding the, the business. So I chose to continue that, that rent commitment and I tr- changed the entire outlet concept, and I launched Outron in that shop in New C- Central sometime August twenty fifteen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah. yeah, and the awesome. things that was end- the birth, ended.
0: the birth of a yeah. of a new additional baby. You men- mentioned that uh, once in a in an interview. <laughs> I saw that, uh, and of course, uh, like uh, running a company is sometimes like. Um, yeah, growing a, a baby right you, you mentioned just before I think very humble like you were at the right place at the right time a bit lucky you know but I think the story of that, that followed uh, is a lot more than just, just luck uh, I mean uh, you, you produced the shirts by yourself here in, in Malaysia um, but also um, uh, some of the awards you got like Asia's top 10 sports where three times you were uh, named the super brands in, in Malaysia and even you have like uh, um, some records in, in Malaysia's uh, book of records among that uh, the lightest running t-shirt in Malaysia uh, tell me more la- uh, about that what, what, where did the idea come from and uh, how, how did you uh, finally manage to, to produce such a shirt
1: I think to quickly sum it up initially when Altron was first born I didn't have a very clear direction on which particular sports segment I wanted to focus in. So, uh, so it was rather general at first. We, we were targeting the fitness industry, we were targeting the yoga industry, running, cycling, or to some extent, even football as well. You know, I was working with UKMFC. So, uh, but a couple of months into the, the birth of Autron, I realized that, that it was crucial for, for us to pick a sports segment that we want to focus in. Then, uh, so, so of course, the, the industry and the segment that, because I was already an active runner myself at that point of time, so naturally the sports segment that I was most familiar with became the first choice. And again, fortunately and coincidentally, running industry was also the fastest growing industry at that point of time, back in 20, 2015, 16. Simply because <clears throat> the mass participating running and cycling events were on the rise so so we so and with our production capa- capability, we started with partnering and supplying for from three five r- running and cycling events at the start in in the first month the following month it grew to five and eight and the third. Month it grew beyond more, more than 10 events a month, and it just kept growing at that at an exponential rate that I did not see coming. But uh but I but I was glad, I was I was very, very glad that how the market, especially the running community, were reacting towards the, the quality of the product that we were a- able to produce. Uh so that was one of the main re reasons why most of the run organizers actually picked our brand to begin with and, and within two years. So um, I was very glad, glad to, to say that a lot of international major events have also noticed us and, and in fact made the decision to partner with us such as their official apparel partner as well, such as Iron Man, Power Man, Asia Trill, Trill Master. So... Those international partnerships have sort of given us the exposure to to create potential client base beyond Malaysia and which subsequently led to us being able to to export to more than 10 10 countries across Southeast Asia and as far as to Middle East as well. But um, I did not forget that our core has always been our product quality, especially for the runners. So uh, being, being an active runner myself at that point of time, I, I was well aware that the, the, the weight of the T-shirt was very crucial because um, I actually had the personal experience that if the T-shirt gets heavy and, and gets wet and it does not uh, breathe and, and, it, does, and it, becomes, it, it becomes uncomfortable to, to, to some extent, it will have a significant impact towards your performance. So that functionality on the apparel itself was the key to getting into the hearts of the runner, I believe. So, and at that point of time, more than 80 to 85% of our clientele were all runners and running events. So that was our call. And I was well aware that despite our business was growing, was growing well, it is also very crucial for us to continue to stay ahead in our R&D in order to stay ahead of our competitors. Because the, the moment our business took off, of course, there are more and more competitors who were previously not in the, the space and, start, and started to come in as well. So, um, so, I, start, so I started to work with my vendors, the, the, the factories, and to work, and we spent about three, four months working very hard on our R&D to, to come up with a new type of, of running wear, wear material that will be as light as possible, nothing like whatever that we have been doing for the market before that. So that was when by, I think by sometime early 2018, we were able to, to produce this new product range that's called the micro dry ultra light which the entire t-shirt itself weighed only 75 grams so so yes yes. that's impressive (laughs) and and despite it was very very light it is not thin or see-through because we also understand that it has to be friendly for for the muslim market as well Mm -hmm. so uh, um then so 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 we launched that in q2 2018 and the market responded to it, to it very well. So I took the product and to send it into you know, Malaysia Book of Records for them to certify. And yeah, yeah I, I, I had them to certify the And they, they actually did a live show in October 2018. Mm-hmm. They, put the, the, they, they put, put the t-shirt, they invited me onto the stage. They put the t-shirt onto the scale. In front of TV, in front of the media, live to weigh. How how to, how heavy the oh, T-shirt yeah. actually weigh? Yeah, and yeah. and it was certified as a seventy-five gram. Compared uh-huh. to all of the the research that they have done in the past, it was officially certified by Malaysia Board of Record as yeah. the lightest oh, running light T-shirt in Malaysia. Awesome.
0: What, what a fantastic story uh, right. a fantastic story so far I, I have to say because like just two three weeks ago you shocked with uh, some news uh, that you <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I would say shocking news yeah uh, that, that you uh, are stepping down from uh, being owner and CEO of, uh, of yeah. Ultron and uh, of course first thing that comes to your mind immediately okay lockdowns uh, COVID um, no one is running um, or at least not outside or a lot less let's say um, but what what really happened Mark what what uh, happened to this really awesome fantastic company during this time of uh, lockdown
1: well I think to sum it all up I what happened with Altron and the biggest mistake that I have done as the person who manages the company and to steer the direction of the business as a whole was that I put my all my eggs on a single basket. Because as I mentioned, the mass participating industry was growing so well. And to some extent, we, we had the, we were the key player of that particular space. We had the biggest market share in Malaysia. So I was putting, me and my team was putting all of our focus us on the business onto that particular industry itself because even at that point of time we still see a lot of growth with the mass participating sports especially in running side cy- cy- and cycling and within that sports segment uh, alone we still see a lot of potential growth in the next two three years ahead so uh, so well in fact we, we we were very very hopeful at the at the beginning of Last year, because last year was supposed to be the, the Malaysia Tourism Year. So, and, and at that point of time, the mm-hmm. Ministry of Tourism has, in fact, officially categorized Mass Participating Sports event as one of the official category for sponsorship for the Tourism Year, which would really have a huge impact in driving the, the Mass Participating Sports in industry forward and take it to the next level because of the government support. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, yeah. that all did not happen. Yeah. So when COVID came, uh, compared to, I used to tell people and, and, and I've done a couple of newspaper interviews as well, compared to a lot of other industries like uh, especially re- retail and all that because Ultron was in the retail industry as well, but it wasn't our core focus. But we could also felt firsthand the impact that the pandemic had towards the retail industry. But it was nothing like the impact that the pandemic has had towards the event industry.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. In in your defense, I have to say, like, okay, no one really uh, knew that, right? <laughs> that, that that was like came to surprise to 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 everyone. Uh, you just said like, okay, you the, the mistake that you see now of uh, obviously is you put the, all the X in one basket, right? Like this this risk that you had there. Um. But but what like looking back, what would you do differently besides like putting uh maybe get different business lines out there. Because, I mean, in the end, the, the sports um, industry was just like that for a couple of months also, right?
1: Well, I, well, if looking back, I would have told you the same thing that a lot of businessmen would, would have told you, which is to, to go into digitization as soon as they could. So that was, of course, my biggest regret at this point of time. Some, something that I certainly had Opportunities back then, but I oh, and I always knew the uh, digital future would be the next step of the business and where the industry was heading towards. To I already had customers uh, who were organizing virtual runs, who were, were were doing virtual platforms and all of that, but I was so caught up in doing what I was doing and doing what I felt my company was, was best at, I did not take myself out of that, that circle and to start properly evaluating and making long-term plans for the company. So because if I have done that, so I would certainly have realized the potential of going d- digital mm-hmm. and how crucial and how important yeah. it would have been for me to start doing that mm-hmm. even back at that point of time, not yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. So now is yeah.
0: Yeah, so you so you're saying like you were kind of victim to your own success, right? The company was so successful. Why would you look into other other stuff uh, to do in parallel when you like uh, have a lot more to do with what you're currently doing?
1: I wouldn't say that I would call myself a victim of my own success in in that sense. I would um I would rephrase it in a way where I had a close friend who used to tell tell me, mm-hmm. he's a much more experienced businessman than, than I am, he used to tell me where when you're running a business, there are often two kinds of things that as a business leader that you have to attend to. One is what we often call the the urgent and important ones, which very often for most SME owners, we are caught up in those urgent and important things that are, that are mostly closely associated with our day-to-day operating tasks. Issues that pop up at work that we sort of re- require ourselves to be hands-on to resolve all of those issues and to keep yeah. our team and our company mm-hmm. running smoothly on a day-to-day basis. So these are generally what we call the urgent and important ones. Mm-hmm. But in fact, there are things that are Important, yet not urgent, that every business leader should pay attention to. That was the 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 long term plan planning, the diversification that I was talking about. You know, preparing your cash flow oh, for for rainy days that none of us would have expected. So, and that part of job that that part of job was the exact roles that I did not pull myself out. From the urgent and important tasks daily mm. and to yeah. pay close attention into in order to make long-term proper sustainable mm. plans for my company back then mm. so looking back this was the this was this was the biggest issue i'm not not going to blame it onto the pandemic i'm not going to blame it into the market chain, changes because things happen mm. this is just yeah. what business is the, the 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 only thing that's constant is change so i think Looking back now, I firmly believe that, especially as a business owner, it is very, very, very important for us to look into this long-term sustainability planning to, to prepare ourselves and to prepare our company mm-hmm. for the next pandemic or
0: somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. for the not next uh, unexpected uh, situation uh, maybe that no no one Precisely. knows what's going to happen awesome yeah. uh thank you so much mark for uh, sharing so openly um now now maybe one of my uh, latest last questions because we're running over time already but it's so so fascinating to talk to you also um like like uh, okay you started your companies, you started your brand you have become like number 1 sports apparel in malaysia like, like even in Southeast Asia, a uh, huge success story, then uh, the other parts that you just mentioned also. Um, but what is it that you would take like from this entire six year journey, right? Is it is it more like on a, okay, the lessons learned what you could have done better? Or is it more like um, uh, the, the, the joy that you have when you feel something is growing and is successful? What is it for you, the most uh, important thing that you're taking from this this entire journey?
1: I think it's about connecting and engaging with people. I think uh, I often credit the, the big, one of the biggest factors with Altron success in the past was, was me, me and my team's ability to connect and to engage down to the very, very grassroots level of the running community across the country. So our marketing focus was always about engaging and connecting with the right people, with the right segment and connecting them with the right way emotionally. And I believe that is the same applicable to any industry, any businesses. The, it all comes down to connecting with people. So, well, and whatever I'm going to do, do next, I would continue to uphold the same spirit the same ultra marathon spirit that's one and i will continue to put my new business focus onto engaging with people as well awesome yeah and and i hope yeah with the same same spirit of tenacity with, with the same spirit of connecting and engaging with people this this would be a great lesson learned and i would be able to come up with with the next great thing again
0: Okay, cool. I admire your uh, spirit, your optimism, your positivity, uh, certainly. So can you share already what's next? Are you like taking a rest from what what you did over the past six years? Or are you more the guy like now dig right into the next uh, uh, chapter, the next business? Can can you share any ideas, any plans that you're having already?
1: You know, I I was telling a lot of my friends that I, I have been too free for too long. In fact, because as much as I only officially stepped down from the role with Altron this month, but uh, basically, as I said, the entire industry has been placed on a complete halt since last year. So my schedule, my schedule, my time has been completely different <laughs> for the past one year compared to it. it was before when I had to travel across the country before COVID. But I, I, I am thankful for that because I get to spend more time with my fam- family. I get to spend more time with my kids. And I guess for now, it's more of a time for me to, 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 to sit back, to truly evaluate and, and analyze that what I have learned in the past past six years and where and how at, where and, where and I'm going to move towards next and how exactly am I going to do it. And, how am I going to do it right and do it better next time around?
0: Awesome, yeah. I saw also you're doing a doctor in business, business administration. Um, <laughs> that's a lot of work, I think, also. All the best with that one. Uh, all the best for your uh, next venture that you're starting uh, and uh, again, thank, thank you so much, Mark, for your time and sharing your uh, awesome experience and uh, insights into this, uh, in, in your journey in the sports apparel and the apparel industry in, in general.
1: Thanks a lot, Patrick. Pleasure is mine.
0: Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot. And thanks thank to you. the audience uh, for watching, listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I thank did. Thank you, everybody. And I'll right. see you next week again for a new episode of Pat's Chat. Thank you.